Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move. Big John Radcliffe, along with the full trifecta, trio, dynamic duo. Triple threat. Adam the Road Dog Gillespie. Chris, I'm sorry? Duo's only two, so that's what we have last week. Okay, why do you sound like you're in a hole? He really does. Air him out of the hole. There we go. Well, what, no roll call here? Well, no, because you're all here. I expected Adam to start talking, just not with a mouthful of ice and spitting on the mic cover. Well, it's my own personal mic cover. And you better not lose it or it'll come out of your own pocket to get a new one. That's what I hear. Chris Colwell, the bearded, bored up, bearded father, as you have already spit all over your mic guard. Good job there, buddy. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Good. How are you? We are off to a smashing start, it seems like. Chris, this is Chris radio. gave a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, giving, <laughs> this I'm giving you the TV everybody equivalent who of can't it. see, which is everybody. Yeah, play by play. What am I doing? He is literally giving a <laughs> thumbs up like everyone can see. It. You know, the best part about this is we talk wrestling all day, and as dysfunctional and as off the rails as we go, WWE is more off the rails than we are. They are more disjointed, more off the rails, and possibly, well, I won't say they're more boring because, honestly, we've gotten way more boring than but as WWE's ratings, they have just tanked. And basically, we're not even talking about the Wednesday Night Wars. It just seems like WWE, as we've called it for a long time here on this show, uncreative, has actually just decided to flat out start mailing it in and giving up on it. And I'll start with Friday Night SmackDown where, guys, did you guys enjoy the karaoke competition? I'm glad I missed it. I made a point not to watch it, so I'm glad. <laughs> we had a WWE karaoke competition that consisted of Naomi, Tamina Snuka, uh, Dana Brooks, and uh, the women's right. Uh, I can't Lacey, Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans. And ultimately, it just seemed like a very lazy way for them to just find a way to start a feud with someone else that was not named Sasha Banks and Bailey. Adam, did you watch Friday Night SmackDown, and did you enjoy the karaoke contest? Yes and no. It was, uh, yes, I watched it. No, it was not something I would want to see again or anytime soon. Uh, The ladies are nice to look at. That was about it for that segment. Well, even from the the way the whole segment went about itself, it didn't even look like they put too much thought into it from based off the simple fact they were mostly all in street clothes, it looks like. I mean, Lacey Evans fought in, is it called a bouffant dress? I mean, it literally was huge, and it had, like, multiple layers to it. She fought in a dress. We haven't seen someone fight in a dress in WWE since. Well, that. Uh, Perry Pat, Saturn? Pat Patterson and yeah. um, the other stooge whose name uh Briscoe. Briscoe. So, yeah, they had an evening gown match one time. Is that what you're referring we, to? We've been, um, I, we tried to forget that match. Thank you for reminding us Or how about what, when uh, Mae Young and um, – Fabulous Moolah had their evening gown match. Well, why don't you go a little Brawls bit further? and panties match. Remember when Mae Young had a baby on air? Well, it was a hand. Was, but the hand grew up, it, though. It grew up to <laughs> Mark Henry's child. <laughs> and I say that to say, I mean, when you're making reference of scenarios like this, we're not even talking back 
to an era where Friday Night SmackDown, they don't have the three hours to deal with. They are still at a two-hour show. And granted, I mean, since Charlotte Flair has ultimately taken some time off, it seems like Bailey and Sasha Banks have become the uh, main attraction for that show. And later in the show, what I want to bring up, I almost wanted to play a game of where are they now or what happened to them? Because there were some things going on in WWE that have since disappeared. But one thing that has become intriguing to me, as WWE put out on social media, basically celebrating the 100-day title reigns of Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre, respectively, of their different title reigns. And it can't help but to wonder, you know, a 100-day title reign, it's nothing to scoff out, but it's nothing major as well. And you can't help but to wonder, has WWE just gotten to a point with their champions that are holding their titles that, Adam, are they just at a point of, we really don't have anyone else and we don't feel like they're marquee enough or special as they used to be, so we better celebrate whatever victory we can come up with them? Oh, definitely. I I think... um... Like you said, I mean, Adam Cole just had a 400-day uh, title reign in NXT. It was a, one of the longer title reigns. So we're at 100 for both of those guys. They they're probably have a little bit left in them. I don't see either of those guys being a 400-day guy like Cole was or um, other, like CM Punk held it for the uh, – is he the longest-running world champion? In the last, like – no, since basically yes. Bruno and all that, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then you had NNT, um, New, I'm sorry, New Day, uh, with their big title run uh, a, a couple years ago, beating Demolitions. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think I think they're so they're selling every miles, milestone they can, and you can't blame them for that. They want to get to get some public uh, publicity out there yeah, for those guys. Those syllable words catch you every day, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, I mean, we I think we've acknowledged on the show that. There's just not a lot of legitimate star power in WWE anymore. That's why you see the returns of these uh, legends that come back because they bring that star power back. So what you basically have to dress up the fact that these guys aren't mega stars in your company, and the best way to do that is, oh, they're a four-time champion. Oh, I mean, think of all the title reigns that some of these people. And, you know, look at Randy Orton, who has legit, you know, by his own merits, has become a, a big star in the company. But you know, at one point, you know, the the bragging right for him was that he'd held the title like seven times and it had only been like three or four years and you're looking at it like okay you promote him as a seven-time champion or you promote somebody as a multi-day champion I mean 100 day isn't you know really special compared to Adam Cole or CM Punk but there was once upon a time we go back to the attitude era where 100 day title ranges didn't happen you were lucky if somebody held the title a month so you know you're in that little balance there where you're not in the, the day and age where that's like a super long title reign, but I mean, it's something that you can brag about. I guess it's a round number. Why not? <laughs> if that's your best selling point, it's a round number. <laughs> I can't sell it's a nice it. Nice round number. So we'll we'll revisit it again at one ten, one o two. It's another round. But it then brings up the question: If we're celebrating a hundred day reign, and you look at just shifting over to Raw, looking up and down the roster, where you see that Randy Orton's going to enter into a program with the big show. You have uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP. They are basically doing everything they can to elevate the U.S. title more. Who's around that can actually compete for the top titles that are there? I mean, in my opinion, I easily can go Bobby Lashley. With MVP in his corner as a manager, as a valet, whatever you want to call him, it's someone that has the look that you would traditionally say that Vince would look for. But even when you go in Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, I know we've seen these individuals before. They're doing completely other stories off to the side. It almost brings up the question, Chris, Chris, 
why is no one else seem, seemingly being put into these title matches and almost just relegated to let's just fill time till COVID-19 is over? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you just said it, fill time. You're having to – You, I mean, if you have all your top stars going for one or two titles, then how do you fill out the rest of the show? It's almost like the title is going to elevate. Look at an Apollo Crews. Would any of us looked at Apollo Crews six months ago and said, you know what, he's going to be one of the mid-card champions – by mid-year in 2020, I don't think any of us would have said that. But now- I would have. I've, I've long since it's been overdue that he should have been more in the running for a mid-card championship. I was definitely someone but No, he that. deserved it, but he was not getting a push, and I don't know that the crowd was buying him. They take advantage of a situation where there is no crowd, and then they finally have a crowd, but it's all NXT people, so you can basically manufacture the cheering for Apollo Crews that he wasn't really getting not by his own fault, it's the push and the angle, but you know he wasn't really lighting the world on fire from a crowd reaction before COVID-19. But now he's in a situation where he is getting to be a mid-card champion. Now the title can help elevate him as you know a Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins can go out and have rivalries on the side that help fill out the rest of these pay-per-views that they are still promoting month in and month out. Yeah, but at the same token, I mean, and Adam, I want your thoughts on it because – Basically, you can still manufacture and still push someone and promote someone. I mean, the crowd wasn't always chanting at Kurt Angle, you suck. Some of that was just piped in just a little bit. You could have piped in a little bit more for a very talented athlete like Apollo Crews, where now you're taking a scenario, and even when I look at that scenario of Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, I'm not saying I want to see Rey Mysterio in another title run, but I'd like to see Aleister Black being used. And it is one of these scenarios of, are there other stars out there? Just let's take it to the Raw roster that could comp- be competing against Drew McIntyre versus where what we're seeing now of rinse, repeat, or even things that just seem a little bit worthless. I think you're limited on the Raw roster, honestly. I mean, you're missing two big components uh, and, and Roman Reigns and then Brock Lesnar, who you know, you to come, say that Roman Reigns name, doesn't it? It does. And, uh, and then the uh, – well, I'm fine that he's gone personally, so – Oh, it's harsh. okay with me. Um, but And then you got Brock Lesnar, who kind of comes and goes as he wants, it seems. And uh, we probably won't see him again, at least until SummerSlam. And rumor is he may not even be going uh, up against um, um, Drew, McIntyre. Drew McIntyre for a rematch from WrestleMania. So we'll see. Um, but then there's just, I mean, Seth Rollins, I think, could be a good uh, a component opponent for um, uh, Drew. Uh, I liked the... Um, not MVP, but um, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, thank you. That's uh, what we're here for. We just <laughs> we're had, friends. We help each other out. Uh, we just had that match right at the last pay per view. Um, so, uh, but I, I really want the Bobby Lashley Brock for SummerSlam. Anyways, uh, but so I think there's some opponents on there. Um, I, Kevin Owens, who you got as a face right now, I think he should just always be a heel. I think he's just really good at that. I think if he was a heel, he could be good for Drew. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean, well, big, Drew's a big dude. Um, so yeah, it's no, hard. stature, he is a yeah, so very large it's man. It's hard for you to put Ray. I know that's been the, the you know, the, the angle with him a few times, but put Ray Mysterio in there and, and, and think that that could be a good match. Well, you also, you got the ultimate baby face. Ray Mysterio has never been a heel in his entire career because nobody's going to boo him. And you you don't want to turn Drew heel that quickly after you know having the big face turn and winning and conquering Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So that's why you wouldn't really go that route. But for me, I mean, and it's been rumored anyway, the, the best opponent for, for Drew going forward, at least for SummerSlam purposes, 
is Randy Orton, especially coming off that big match with Edge, the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match ever, whatever. But <laughs> Can we never reference that match? We that will never again? reference that match, especially when a second take is what took Edge out of action. But whatever. Uh, yeah, Randy Orton's a great opponent for Drew. I think they could honestly, you could get several months out of a feud between those two. They teased it back in the fall, uh, wintertime last year before Drew ever won the Royal Rumble. And I think there's some interest in the feud then. Back, I think they were the roles were reversed. One was heel, Drew was heel, Randy was babyface. Now it's flipped. I would really like to see that, especially you know Randy Orton's on really kind of a role. He's kind of rediscovered that legend killer uh, gimmick in him. And that, to me, that's somebody that's he's been too much tied up in the feud with Edge, with a part timer. Unfortunately for Randy, I mean, and, and we've had you know good matches with him and Edge, but. Now it's time for him to be part of the main roster and not be feuding with someone like Big Show. We don't need to see him going off against has-beens and, and, and these legends. We need to see him because he's still got years to give and can be a major player. Randy Orton belongs right now, for me, in that title picture with Drew McIntyre or any title picture because, he's to me, he's red hot as a heel. Well, then now let's take it over to SmackDown where we're looking at the Universal title and basically a replay and ultimately till we get to a pay-per-view we're going, you know, we're still trying to see what will happen. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Braun Strowman's title run needs a little bit more legitimacy added to it. I feel like that title run has been, I don't want to call it lackluster, but forgettable would be a better way that I'll go with. It's easy to forget that he's the champion and what you have going on over there. And someone for me that I think is long overdue for a title run. Once again, I hate that you'd have to put him in this scenario with a manager, and maybe Sami Zayn could have filled that in, was Cesaro, was someone who's not as big but very strong. You put him with someone who's a good mic guy, who's a quality wrestler, and Chris, I mean, on SmackDown, who are you looking, What would you? who would you look for to match up against Braun Strowman? That's, that's the problem. You, <laughs> he's such a big guy. To me, the first guy as far as a, a name talent that I think of off the top of my head is AJ Styles. But, you know, AJ can can work a great match with a Braun Strowman, but is it believable because AJ is a smaller guy? Whereas, you know, you look at, as you mentioned, a Cesaro would be, you know, he's a strong dude, but he still doesn't really match up size-wise with uh, Braun Strowman. And to me, I mean, I like Cesaro. I'm a fan of his. And I, I'm with you. I think with a mouthpiece, he could be a good, good, you know, maybe borderline main event guy, but I don't know that he quite has the full package to be a world champion in WWE. I would be more than delighted to see him hold an Intercontinental title, a U.S. title, and I have no problem with him contending on occasion for a world title, but he seems like that guy that would be, even with a manager, he's on that like edge of main event level, but he's not quite good enough to get over the hump. Adam, anyone that you can rank, you can think of that would be on SmackDown and what do you agree with Chris in terms of Cesaro? I mean, Vince McMahon has come out and even said before Cesaro is missing that it factor. And obviously, you know, your world champion, one thing that you want them to do is obviously sell merchandise. And particularly in a time like this where you can't sell tickets, you do want that to be a key cog to it. Yeah, I think you could pair Daniel Bryan, kind of like the big man scenario you had with Brock Lesnar. If you can get one of these guys that can bump around Braun and do mo- and uh, do moves around him, uh, it can, and then let him come in with his power set eventually at some point. Um, I think you can have good matches, just like Dan- I think Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, who you brought up. I think Cesaro. I think you're kind of killing Cigar- Cesaro a little more than you should there. I think he is a good wrestler. I think he, I, him, and Sheamus were a good tag team. The Bar, I enjoyed them. 
Um, I, you know, I think he could be a world champion. I think he's over with the fans too. So I think that would help him. I, he he's had a lot of start and stops. It seems like, and he's had a few flips going from face to heel, which I think, you know, in a lot, a lot of those in a short period is just not good. Um, cause it just you mean like you, the big show flip flopping well, from field to yeah. heel to face, heel to face and one yeah, match Braun as well. Um, and I, and, and that's unfortunate because I think Braun should be a bad guy. He's got the look and the makeup of a bad guy, and especially if you look at the guys like back in the 80s, like One Man Gang and uh, others, I mean, that was kind of the look, you know, and Braun has that in my opinion with the big beard and just being a monster um, you know, size-wise. size, size wise. Um, I don't know. I, but I also like Bray Wyatt with him too. I think the two of them will have a good match, swamp match or whatever it's being called. Uh, this weekend too, so I'm looking forward to that. It'll be intriguing to see that one as we get into it as well, and I, I want to see more from Braun Strowman's title run. I like I said before, I feel like it needs to be legitimized by me or for me, not by me, but legitimized for me because as I'm looking at his title run, and as I'm looking at a champion that you know we've seen some unique matches that have taken places. Every match that we, the past few matches, and I understand we have a pandemic, we have certain circumstances that are going on, but we're here from another company, and we'll talk about them in the next segment. We're here, we have another company where we're getting matches that are easily rememberable, and from WWE, we're getting matches that, with your champion, can just as easily be forgotten, and that's one of the concerns that I have, is as we go into a pay-per-view is this match? I think this match can stack up to be something that's memorable, but I think it's going to be memorable because it's going to be just so outlandish. It's going to be Jeff Hardy. I'm I'm sorry, Matt Hardy when he was at Impact Wrestling and he had the the, the bout at the uh, Hardy Compound and you dive into the waters. I think that's what we're going to see, and I'm starting to get concerned about that. Having your champion being more of these joke matches, for lack of a better term. Well, you don't want to get too outlandish with that. I mean. That and the fact that, I mean, you you got to believe that this is somehow it's and I don't like the fact that it's necessarily non-title either. I mean, it just pretty much gives away the match as to who's going to win because now Braun Strowman's not going to lose the title, and you know this has been building towards. We've seen him against Fire uh, or Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Now it'll be him against the old school Bray Wyatt. Eventually, we've got to see the fiend out of this, right? So I, I don't know that this feud is necessarily over, and that's probably where we're headed for SummerSlam is Braun against The Fiend. But, you know, somebody else that we're kind of leaving off that may, maybe could be that guy that uh, pushes Braun a little bit just because of his high-flying ability and the fact that he was always over with the fans. You know, what about a guy like Jeff Hardy can just make Braun look amazing because Jeff Hardy <laughs> practically kills himself in the ring when he's in there. He's somebody that, you know, he's not, he's not super – you know, he doesn't have that short – Statured like a Daniel Bryan or an AJ Styles, he actually does have a little bit of height to him. He just isn't the biggest guy in the world. It might be a good matchup for him. It would be fun to, but are we back at the David and Goliath scenario that we just spoke of? When you think back to Jeff Hardy, you think of his match against The Undertaker. You think of a scenario like that. And Adam, I'll defer to you on this one because I know you know nostalgia is one of your favorite portions of this this of the wrestling world. Are you a fan of going back to the David and the David and Goliath nostalgia type scenario? Well, I'm not a fan of going back to Jeff Hardy and Braun, and Braun Strowman as maybe that David and Goliath. Um, I'm just not a. I wasn't ever a big Hardy fan, so I'm not definitely not now that he's kind of broke down and in, in in the twilight of his career. 
So, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying that match uh, in this day and time to help him out. Now, could Hardy – yeah, he could probably fly around and bump very well for Braun. Um, but that's not the type of uh, match I'm looking for right now for Jeff Hardy. I think he's there to just kind of help the younger talent. Well, what about the guy that Jeff Hardy's going up against right now? If It seemed to be they're working to rebuild Sheamus as a single star. He was in the bar for three or four years with Cesaro – and, I mean, once upon a time, what, he was a multi-time WWE champion. He, he was a is. world heavyweight champion. I mean, he still is, but once upon a time, he was a main event level guy in WWE. It's been a while, but if they were to reestablish him as a, you know, upper mid-card main event guy, I mean, now you've got a much bigger guy who could go up against Strowman and a guy who's athletic, much like Strowman is, and maybe it wouldn't be that slow plotting big man match that we used to get out of Kane and the under, or Kane and, uh, big show we're going to get two guys that can actually move a little bit for their size yeah that's i think that would be a good match i like sheamus get him back up there and you know he just came back so get him give him this warm-up uh or you know intro back in get him going and then yeah i'd be okay with that um i don't know if that's my that's not a summer a summer slam match i'm looking at right now headline in that for raw i mean for uh smackdown but um yeah i would i would be okay with that program somewhere down the road or at some point well, if only we can get the WWE to down the extra 106.3 app and listen like you guys can, or if they'll just follow us all on social media. I'm at JohnRad450. Adam, you are? RoadDog680. And Chris, you are? Still at Bearded Colwell. Is it has still it changed? S-T-I-L-L or S-T-E-E-L at Bearded Colwell? At Bearded Colwell. Well, you said still. Still, no, still's not in there. Are you sure? Because you change it quite often. No, uh, actually, I haven't changed it in about seven months. No, that means it's, it's still sta- time. I, I, my Twitter handle has lasted longer than both Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman's title reigns. There's just no need for that. Yes. That's just not okay. I'm, I'm probably at 200 days as my Twitter handle. That's horrible. Well, coming up, we still have a jam-packed show for you guys. We have a pay-per-view that we're going to make our predictions for, as well as we're going to talk a little bit of AEW, and we'll go over the top rope because, well... Well, you got to know where are these people and what happened to them. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. A to Z with Mark Zeno. Every afternoon from 3 to 6 p.m. The Dodgers are selling cardboard cutouts to be on the seat at Dodger Stadium for this All upcoming right. season. You want a cardboard cutout of the Zeno family to be in Dodger Stadium this upcoming season? No, I, I would never pay for it. If they wanted to use my image and likeness uh, to put me in Dodger Stadium, I'm all for it. But, yeah, you're not, you're not getting my money. What, I, it's one thing if they just asked for your picture and to use your image and likeness there. I'd sign off on that. But I want to know who's got the money and the time. I need to understand the why. Other than because I can, what idiot is actually paying for this? I might buy one. Dan, I'm not surprised. And there he is, the troll, Dan Matthews. Zinno is only on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's Sports and Talk. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 
18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, and Chris the Bearded Board Op, the Bearded Producer, the Man with the Beard, Colwell. Thank you guys for joining us and tuning in. You can listen to us here every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Well, I had one question as I was watching AEW this week, and the first thing that came to mind for me, and it's a simple question, and I don't even know if we've ever discussed it before. Has comp- yeah, we did the other week, I remember. The question that I'm about to ask? Yeah. Are you sure? Because it wasn't on your show sheet. Yeah, well, was it on your show sheet? I don't yeah, believe it was on mine, my, but I actually did one. Well, no, you went so far. Let's not even go down that road. You again. threw mine in the floor last time I was here, so no, that, like, I had a good show sheet. I had plenty of topics for over the top rope, and you just Adam, you, poo- did, you poo pooed all over them. Adam, what did you think of Chris's show sheet two weeks ago? I did not see that. I was well. In, then uh, that means you're the only one who has an opinion and a vote on this one, and that means I get the other. But I had a question that came up. Has competition for WWE, i.e. with AEW, and if you're offici- are you officially calling it competition yet? And Adam, has competition for WWE been good or bad? Not just basing it off of ratings, but the product that we've been getting. Uh, AEW, am I rating good or bad? I'm rating- no, no. Has competition... Okay, let's say it a little slower so you can hear. We'll slow down a little bit more so I can say this for you since you ain't listening yet. Do we need to print it out for him? I guess so. Has competition for the WWE... Being AEW been good for WWE, in your opinion? And remember, Vince and I think Stephanie actually said that they don't consider them competition at some point in time. Are we considering AEW competition? And has it been good for WWE? I think they're competition for NXT on Wednesday nights. I don't think they're competition right now uh, for Raw or SmackDown. Although they, yes, they're doing better than them in the ratings. Um, but I'm not putting AEW on the level of WWE at the moment. WWE is the king of wrestling, whether you like that or not. Uh, I know there's maybe some out there that would argue maybe New Japan, but I'm going to say WWE. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who would say New Japan? I don't know. Dave Meltzer would probably. 404-741-1230. There's a T-shirt out there Call about in, Dave please. Meltzer. Yes, I know. I, well, I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm saying I, I'm putting WWE as the king. And AEW, I think, is on a very good trend to get to that level. 
uh, but they still have a long way to go to get there. Chris, your thoughts? And, and to answer your question, oh, real sorry, quick, I think I answered it right. Did I answer it? Yeah, let's go with that for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> no, I. It's no, yeah. You AEW did no, is you did. good, and it's good for WWE because I think that pushes them. Uh, they just have not responded very well yet. Chris, I'm. You know what? What Road Dog said that was right on the money is it, it's competition. Well, for that's NXT. a lazy answer if I ever heard and, one. I'm not. Hey, I'm going to elaborate. Good more. job, Dan Matthews. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, they're, they're direct competition for NXT, and I think that AEW has been good for NXT. We've seen some good shows from NXT ever since they moved to Wednesday night because, well, they've been forced into it. They're on USA now. They're not on the WWE Network. They can't. Putting on good shows before. I'm not saying they weren't, but they weren't putting on, I won't say takeover level, but almost takeover level shows each week because for one of the Things that I think a lot of folks liked about NXT when it was on the network years ago when it was just one hour was that it was slow paced and you got, you know, a couple pretty good matches every week and then you got a couple a bunch of squash matches, but that you really got to see the up and coming talent and what they could do. And that's evolved into what it is now where you're getting I mean, you're getting them giving away Great American Bash, night one and two and pay per view quality or takeover quality matches. And I think you're getting that, and you're getting major title matches on weekly TV from NXT that you were not getting in the past when they were just on WWE Network. So I think they have pushed NXT. I think Raw and Smack, I'm sure Vince McMahon is seeing them. Look, they're on the radar. The question is, you know, how far up on the radar? I think they're a small blip, and I think Vince is aware of their presence. But I do not believe that the reason why Raw and SmackDown hasn't responded is because they know that AEW is not that they're not there to push those two brands just yet, and they're not going to be there for a long time. Because if you look at their numbers, you go and look in the archives years ago, you know, Impact Wrestling, when they were TNA, did better ratings on a routine basis than AEW has done so far. And I know we're in a different wrestling world where there's just not, fans are watching more, there's more content for fans to take in now than there was 10 years ago. But still, I mean, AEW is not even in that realm, and Impact was never considered in the same realm as WWE either. So... I don't think you can make the argument that they push Raw or SmackDown, but I think NXT for sure. Well, as AEW, as they delivered, you know, basically two weeks of back-to-back pay-per-view caliber shows, they didn't just stop and say, all right, well, we're just going to relax and rest off our laurels. They kept coming, and that's how we ended up with Fight for the Fallen. And I wanted to know, did you guys watch Fight for the Fallen, or were you watching NXT? Which one were you watching, and which one did you enjoy more? I do AEW first. Okay. Uh, most Let weeks. me ask that to throw that in there. Do you do NXT at all on the same day, the next day? Or is it For me, I, break, I usually break it up. I don't go uh, the four straight hours. I usually go to bed. I'll watch a little NXT or if there was just a, a certain match, and then I finish it off uh, before we come here. Which one was better to you yesterday? Or have you watched NXT yet? Yeah, I've finished NXT. I, okay. I enjoy AEW. Okay. I, I have been a loyal AEW guy since it started, and I have enjoyed that most, um, probably as many times as AEW has beaten NXT it's in, about the, in 90 the ratings. Per, over 90% yeah. of the time. Now, I did watch, uh, the last time they got me was recently, just two weeks ago, when I uh, I had technically already seen AEW, um, and I was uh, and I really wanted to see the Keith Lee-Adam Cole match. What about you, Chris? Which one do you – we asked this question last week, and, well, you weren't here. I'm oh. so sorry. I was sitting on a beach somewhere. Oh, rub it in. Thanks. <laughs> um, which one do you normally watch first? Did you watch Fight for the Fallen, and what were your thoughts? Well, here's what I'll say. I did watch for, watch Fight for the Fallen, but I also 
watched NXT. And typically what I'll do is whichever show is starting off, I'll I'll typically start with AEW right off the bat. And if the first match doesn't catch my you know attention or something I really want to see, uh, then I go straight to NXT. And what I'll usually do is keep an eye on the other show on my laptop. But So I, I kind of keep an eye on both, but traditionally I will switch around on my TV to whichever one I really want to focus on. And it just depends on the night for me. You know, if you offer a Keith Lee and an Adam Cole double title match, guess what? I'm watching that main event. I'm not watching what AEW's doing. Last night I had to make a choice because I was interested in the Io Shirai, Tegan Knox women's title match for NXT, but I was more interested in Brian Cage versus John Moxley for the AEW title. And obviously the fans overall chose that based on the ratings, but I mean, for me, it's just kind of a toss-up. Depends on the week. That's that's where I say they have pushed NXT to where they are. I feel like NXT has offered more variety as far as uh, compelling title matches, and that's their way to counter what AEW offers, which is yeah, a more Cody diverse Ro- roster. Cody Rhodes going every week, so there's that title is every I week. Did, I didn't say. Th- I mean, yes, they offer you, me you, a you, TNT you. title match, but you know AEW's had weeks where they've given me a world title match and a women's title match and maybe even a tag title match and it wasn't a special great american bash it was just an episode of NXT the the tag title well you got in it you got the TNT champion every week so yes. special week or not uh you got uh hangman page and Kenny Omega defending pretty regularly i think they just defended and even on dark i've seen them defend um with you know is as a different discussion shows. yes but it's um so I'm just saying that they're out there regularly is what I'm saying because if they're even putting them on dark so uh, you, yeah I think you had them both nights of um fighter fest fighter fest yes. because yes. of the May, uh, Brian Cage one getting moved with Moxley to this week uh, so I don't know if I agree with that I think you see women's the women's one you see pretty regularly on uh, AEW I don't I don't well, think that my, was a founded comment now I noticed I said compelling title matches. Unfortunately for me, AEW, that's one of their biggest shortcomings right now. I've yet to really get invested in their women's division because I just don't think they had the depth, nor is it interesting to me. They just don't have enough talent for me, and their best on-air talent is injured right now, sitting on the sidelines, uh, Britt Baker. And you don't, you know, I like Sheeta. Um, Nyla Rose has put on some good matches too, but overall, I just don't. I'm not into the women's division AEW, whereas I do enjoy the NXT women's division. So, if I'm given the choice between the, those two title matches, I'm going to watch the NXT women's title match. Well, that wasn't really the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation was that you say they don't ever put on title matches. I didn't say so they didn't just, put on title not, matches. Not, I just or said as much to- as NXT, and I disagree with that. So, uh, in, in anyways, anyways, I mean, I think, I think you're wrong in that statement very much. So. You normally need to elaborate wow. a little bit more. <laughs> no, I did elaborate by saying we have the TNT championship okay. every week. We have uh, women's matches, and then we heard his diatribe about which one he would rather watch if they were head-to-head. Uh, and then we got – right. I'm saying that Cody uh, Hangman and Kenny are on there well, regularly. and you, That's been a recent development, though. They had went Moxley. a while where we weren't seeing the tag titles defended. Well, yeah, but that was because Adam uh, Hangman was at home because of COVID. Well, I understand so that, but, it, but I mean, if you looked at what they were doing pre-COVID, I felt like AEW was building the stories to the title match. You didn't have a TNT title yet, whereas NXT was offering those title matches. Now back then, also, so they kind of set themselves up for being known for, okay, we're offering title matches on the regular. But now also remember, AEW was built, well, they did, and we talked about this in depth on this show, they did character development very well. 
you got to know and you got to understand guys that whether you had seen them in New Japan, whether you had seen them more, they did a little bit more on character development. And it's something that NXT is doing a little bit more. And part of the reason why you might be intrigued more so with NXT versus AEW's women division. Remember, most of the women, the female roster for NXT came from the Mae Young Classic. So we got a chance to be introduced to them a little bit more. So if they're taking the time for character development on there. I feel like they've earned that right, and I feel like they have the right to develop those characters just a little bit more. It just it came up that Dr. Britt Baker turned out to be someone who we fell in love with her on the mic. We fell in love with some of the moves that she did because it just, on paper, it just looked, ooh, that looks painful. That looks gory. But that was it for her. In terms of what we can see from a longstanding match from her, I think we still have a ways to go. Well, for sure, and I mean, that was one of the things. She was kind of pushed as that ba- that major face of the women's division there, and then we saw her as that baby face, Britt Baker, and nobody was interested, and her matches weren't really good. And once she turned heel and started getting that nasty side to her, her matches got more compelling. But I think that's the other thing, too. It's not just the storyline development for me. The NXT women's roster, I think, and I know the Performance Center has a lot to do with it. They have time to, I don't say rehearse matches, but they work together a lot, whereas they're not really getting that chance at AEW. I feel like the matches overall in the NXT women's division are just better than AEW's women's division. I think there's a lot to be left desired overall in the AEW division. Well, obviously, Chris is fired up still from last week, like we saw two weeks ago. But still talking about the women's division, and we saw that a former uh, AEW women's champion, Nyla Rose, she introduced her new manager, Vicky Guerrero. Now, this Excuse is... Excuse me? Yes. This is the second second manager that has now joined a superstar there. Brian Cage now has Taz. We've seen now seen Nyla Rose. Are you guys starting become seeing the pattern and becoming possibly bored, or are you still excited with the fact that they're bringing back... I'll go with the veterans, and I know how much you like the veterans and the uh, more experienced superstars, Adam. I'll ask you first. Are you enjoying and are you okay with the superstars that might need that manager, as I am a fan of having a manager? But where we're seeing on WWE, Zelina Vega, for example, where she could be more of an in-ring superstar, she's become more of a manager valet for, for wrestlers. Are you a fan of seeing the veterans come back and mentor, so to speak? The up-and-coming stars. Yes, because I'm a fan of managers. I grew up in, the in I guess, the heyday of managers where you had some of uh, the greatest and, and Bobby the Brain Heenan and Jimmy Hart. And Mr. Fuji. Yeah, yeah, we Mr. talked Fuji. about this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of managers, and I wish we had more of those. I think they bring a lot of personality to the world of wrestling uh, to those who don't have it, and they're great for heel mouthpieces that aren't that great on the mic. So Are you I'm a, fa- a fan of it. But- I like I was. I don't know if I was. Uh, I, I don't want to say I was disappointed with Vicky Guerrero, but I was hoping for something different. Um, but I think she'll be fun with. Um, and I think that's Nyla where my Rose. thought was going when I saw it was. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't upset with Vicky Guerrero. I th- I loved what she did with uh, Edge when she was in WWE. But when I looked at her, Chris, it was kind of okay. Do I want to see the development of someone new? Something different. And I get it. Mr. Fuji used to be an entering competitor, so we saw things like that. But also at the same time, it is kind of when I'm looking at AEW, are they possibly even missing out on the opportunity to develop the next whoever could be? I know it's big shoes to fill, but I'll say Jimmy Hart. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not really – you're firmly establishing veteran performers as these manager roles. And I think you're also miscasting some of them. Uh, I don't really – I love Arn Anderson – but does Cody Rhodes really need a manager? I mean, it's more just for building up the uh, 
a nightmare family or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, Cody can handle himself on the microphone. He does not really need a manager. But uh, And that, that might be seen as overkill. But, you know, Tully's perfect for uh, for Sean Spears. And I think that uh, Taz is obviously perfect for Brian Cage. I mean, Vicky Guerrero is a heat seeker when she's in that role. Excuse but she's almost me? Heat seeker. She just Excuse me. gets heat when she's out Excuse there. Excuse me. Excuse you what? Anyway, <laughs> the uh, she can bring heat, but at the same time, you know, has she reached a point where nobody's going to want to really boo her anymore? Because I think we all lo- grew to love her character over time. It was, like, annoyingly funny. And it's like, is she really going to do what she could what she could really bring to Nyla Rose? They want Nyla Rose to be this monster heel women's wrestler, and you want her to be able to have all the heat in the world on her to reestablish herself as potentially an AEW women's champion again down the road. I mean, is Vicky Guerrero going to bring that to her? Because I think a lot of fans maybe at this point in time maybe don't want to boo Vicky Guerrero. Is, are they going to end up you know, sort of cheering Nyla Rose by default when they're trying to make – is she going to accomplish what she's supposed to do? That I don't know. Well – It'll be fun to watch it. I hope we don't continue down this path where I do. I'm like you guys, and Adam, you said it, and I think we talked about it. I think we even did a podcast on it where we talked about, look, I love the managers. I love what they can do, and I think Vicky Guerrero can do that, and I think Nyla Rose could use that. Even as we saw when she was a champion, she was definitely a champion that didn't excite uh, any kind of interest or any sort of want to continue to see her run down that role. But now, as we get to, I don't know whose favorite part of the show this is, so let's just get to it. This week, I forgot what that music sounded like. Batista? No, the the over the top rope music because we didn't do one the last time that I read. No, 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 because you destroyed the entire segment. No, I did not. Because you came in like a race car in the red. We had Benefield here, who poor man was scared as he was sitting over there in the corner. So let, no, 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 no. Let's not sit here and try to blame this on Big John, this one. This one's all you by yourself. Okay. As we go over the top ropes, WWE's Carrie Sane. It's reports that are still coming out that she could be headed back to Japan. Now, we had seen this happen several times where she was on the card. She was removed from the graphics, on the graphics, removed from the graphics. Do you think it's going to happen? And, Adam, do you think WWE can afford to lose a star like Carrie Sane? Uh, I would not want to see her leave. I like Carrie Sane. I uh, I enjoy her pirate gimmick and her fly off the uh, top rope. I think it looks like uh, it's very Macho Man-esque, and I enjoy that little nostalgia. Um, I I enjoy her. I I think she's good. She's fun. I don't think they should try to lose anybody in that women's division right now. Um, I think they're running thin because they split them on two different shows and three if you count NXT. But anyways, uh, I like her. Why wouldn't you count NXT? Well, I don't say uh, because they haven't been called up to the main roster yet. Third brand. So are you saying that NXT is below Well, yeah, Third that's brand. why you would get called up. Uh, but, no, I like her. I hope she sticks around. I hope she can work it out. Yeah, you really can't. They can't afford to lose Carrie Sane at this point. And, I mean, what's left of the women's tag team division, what's actually present, I mean, really, even on Asuka's the Raw Women's Champion, you kind of need the Kabuki Warriors there to help give some semblance of a compelling tag division. But... They can't really afford to lose her, but I can understand her decision if she did want to go back to Japan. And, I mean, she's she's a really good wrestler. Uh, um, with Adam, her elbow just one of the best I've ever seen, personally, period. And I would love to see if, if when Io Shirai's time on NXT comes in, they move her over to Raw or SmackDown. 
you know, a group with them would be really compelling. I mean, they all can go. They all can wrestle. You know, Asuka could be the, the main, he could create a stable out of it. Asuka could be the main event, uh, you know, the singles wrestler. And Io Shirai and Curry Sane could be a tag team. I would love to see that. But if she leaves, you don't get it. Due to COVID-19, we have seen companies where ultimately they've had to scale back. Even the WWE, which we would consider the powerhouse, the top of pro wrestling, they've had to scale back on wrestlers. Well, rumors had come out that the uh, NWA was for sale. The National Wrestling Alliance was for sale. Well, Billy Krogan has come out and said that it is not for sale. As the president of NWA, as he has fought to get the rights to this name, that even though they've scaled things back, scaled things back, and they have no firm plans moving forward as of right now, it is not for sale. Do we expect to? You know, I always joke. Impact Wrestling. I have no clue where to watch it. I'm just going to be honest. I just go on Access YouTube. TV and is, Twitch. What channel is that? What Access TV? Yeah. What channel? What, what, what provider right, look, do you have? I'll, I'll ask this easier question. Who has a Twitch account in this room? Say I. I. As Chris actually raised his hand first. But is it good that we are getting to see that companies are still able to hang in there? We even had Brandon Benefield join us two weeks ago, and they talked about how uh, Southern Honor Wrestling, as their plans on coming back post-COVID-19, if everything works out. Chris, is it good that NWA is still sticking around and still able to hang on in there? And can they continue to do it, even though things are still kind of up in the air? Well, it's a tough situation for him, and I mean, I think... I personally, I, I loved what their product I, I, from the moment it debuted last fall. I mean, it's it's a nostalgia feel, but it's also it's just a different presentation of what wrestling has become now. And I'd hate to see it go by the wayside, but at the same time, I just wonder how they will survive because you know they're not they're a company that I couldn't see making money in their current situation anyway because they were. You know, they did the tapings at uh, GPB Studios, and they did a few pay-per-views, too. And, you know, from what I heard, they, they did okay with sales there. But I, surely they're not making a ton of money on that product. And if they—how can they trudge on with, you know, half or half-full arena or a quarter-sized, you know, studio arena or just no fans at all? I don't know how that would work going forward. And, you know, I'd hate to see them go away. I just don't know if that—of if, uh, all the companies out there that haven't come back in MLW and ROH— uh, come to mind. I mean, the NWA seems to me the one that might not survive this. Adam, you, which ones do you think is more likely to survive, Impact Wrestling or NWA? And do you take in either product regularly? I do watch uh, NWA. Not every. I did not watch it every week, but I definitely kept up with it in the storylines, and I would watch it from time to time. Uh, I have not seen Impact in uh, I don't know how long because I don't know what channel they're on. Or and Access I, TV, and I'm also not on TikTok. So and this, I guess I can't this Sunday watch it there. on or Saturday on Fight TV, Slammiversary. It uh, might be on Instagram. You got an Instagram account, but I don't. But I think Impact has a more long term ability to stay stick stick with it over NWA. So if the, one of the two were to go away, I think it would be NWA. Charlotte, unless we all go buy Smashing Pumpkins records right now to help the cash flow for Billy Cor- uh, Corgan. I am not. I have not ever. Now will I ever purchase a Smashing Pumpkins record? What you gotta get, Smashing Pumpkins? We are supporting the NWA when you do that. I can go support NWA by buying Ice Cube, Easy E, MC Ren, and Dr. Dre albums too. Different NWA. Same. What did that one stand for again? I'll tell you off air. It's a phrase you should never say. If not, things could our relationship could sour very quickly. Charlotte Flair, according to Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Sheet, reported that Charlotte Flair is working on a television project and that 
we really don't know when she's going to return. I mean, the timetable could be, and we're getting varying reports. Some people saying that she's had a, she's having minor surgery to repair a, a breast implant that might have ruptured. So you, you can't say that part. What? What was that again? You can't. It's a piece of the anatomy. It's the breast <laughs> it's implant. It's a nickname. Breast implant. One day we're going to do Radio 101 on this show, and we'll go over what we can and can't say and can't do. Like, we can say poo-poo. We just can't I'm pretty say sure it. boob is okay. Yeah, if it ain't, it, you just said it right there. Your last day here. Pleasure working to you, bearded guy. <laughs> Charlotte Flair, when she returns, obviously we know that they're going to have an impact wherever she goes. Do you want to see her immediately put into a title match, or would you like to see her help develop some other storylines that could be out there, Adam? Uh, I, no, I think she's at a point right now where she doesn't need to continue to to just get the championship every time she comes back or goes and leaves or whatever. I think she can help enhance some of the other talent, help get them over, put them in championship opportunities uh, to help those to help those characters develop. Uh, so no, don't bring her back. But they are really missing a lot of their top star power, so it's hard not to. And I can see why maybe they default to it. With Ronda, who knows the if or when she's coming back. We know how long at least Becky's probably going to be out, and that's not a very short time. So, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I just hope she can help develop some other talent during this time where we need it so badly at the top. And that's ultimately up to WWE Uncreative to actually put her in that situation where she can do it. i tell you where would be a good spot for her, and you would have to develop this a little bit, but... I mean, if they're really serious about these WWE women's tag titles staying around, putting Charlotte Flair in the tag division with, I don't, you know, form, do a four horsewomen thing off of it. I don't know, but put her in the tag division. And I mean, to me, that automatically, it's Charlotte Flair. She's, I mean, she may have been at WrestleMania, so any match on the card with her in it is going to be high profile, or at least for the women's division. Uh, and you put her in that, you're going to put those tag titles on notice. So that might be a good spot for her. She definitely doesn't need to be Raw, SmackDown, or NXT Women's Champion anytime soon. But we know how WWE operates. They put Roman Reigns in that spot all the time. Charlotte Flair's the women's division equivalent of Roman Reigns. So I wouldn't be surprised. So as The Miz was doing a live stream on um, Xavier Woods' Up, Up, Down, Down Gaming on live stream, his wife, Maurice, can be seen off to the side screaming at him or so heard i should say heard screaming at him during this event where she's saying how she had her her own zoom call her own conference calls that she needed to be on and that she is literally lambasting the miz during this live stream and everyone is cracking up do you guys think it was real do you think it was staged do you think they were just having a little bit of fun chris has your wife had to yell at you yet about you being rude in the house as you're the newly married one in the in the building no that has not happened although you know on my own personal zoom call for work i did have to tell her to get off the screen a couple of times when she was walking in the background but no i have not been shooed out by my wife for that yet it's coming though i'm sure adam has your daughter or the lady in your life had to yell at you for being on calls too long as i know with you with everything you do at the university of georgia do you think uh You've had to be yelled at and put in your place? I've been yelled at. I don't know if I would say I was put in my place. Uh, but I was yelled at to hurry up so we can go eat dinner or go uh, go dinner or have dinner or whatever. So, yes, I have been in that camp before. But I do believe that uh, the Miz and Mer- uh, was staged. One last one as we wrap this up. What happened to the hacker? WWE had a hacker that was a storyline that was supposed to be a wide array of different superstars from Mustafa Ali. There's a wide array of different names that came out from it. What happened to this? Is WWE just trying things out? 
the old adage of throwing spaghetti to the wall to see if it's done. And Adam, do you want the hacker to come back? And who do you think would be a good fit for it? I would would mind the hacker coming back if there's a good payoff. I'm always up for a storyline with at least a good payoff. Who that could be, I don't know. Uh, unless they're bringing somebody uh, back, like I don't know, a CM Punk. I know he was rumored at one point, um, but it, that just kind of makes you think. Um, what person was really pushing the hacker idea that apparently got fired recently and is no longer there to push that idea? I mean, we've seen it before with the raw GM with little to no payoff, and that wasn't a pun when I said little. You didn't like Hornswoggle <laughs> as the uh, no, raw GM? Wasn't that great? Yeah, if the, the hacker turned out to be something of that level, oh gosh. But then again, it's WWE uncreative, so you can expect that to happen. Anything's happening. Chris, did you, do you miss it? Do you think it should come back? I mean, one of the stories that I guess it helped kind of alter a little bit was Otis and uh, Mandy Rose. It helped alter that storyline in whatever direction it was going in. I think it would have been a really good uh, way to debut somebody that, you know, was they had big plans for. Uh, but at the same time, you know, now that you get all the rumors out there, if you debut somebody that nobody's really championing to be in that spot – like a CM Punk or somebody that would be a huge return. I don't know that the fans would really enjoy it. So at this point, if it's gone away, I just say forget it. I'm intrigued to see if they'll bring it back. I like the old, the whole concept of it. Granted, it does remind you a little bit of the only reason I know this because we went and saw Impact Wrestling live. It reminded me of the story that Impact Wrestling had going on. Sammy Callahan. Exactly. So WWE Uncreative working at it again. Well, coming up, it's time for the Go Home Show. And this time, we're going to make our pay-per-view predictions because we haven't made them in a while. And we're just going to kind of do like AEW and just reset the slate and see how we pick up from here. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3 FM. Home team in Hamilton weekdays, 9 a.m. till noon. You're going to get over Tom Brady soon, one of these days, man. You're picking on Tom Brady here, man. You want to overlook Tom Brady. Overlook what he did. But this is the only beef I have with Tom Brady that he's going to sit up there and tell me that he doesn't know the PSI of football, that he can't tell the difference. Other than that, I don't have a problem with Tom Brady. Did John Collins hurt his team, let his team down, leave him hanging when he wasn't there? Yes, he certainly did. How come Tom Brady don't get that same kind of look? Did John Collins' team win the Super Bowl that year? I mean, win the NBA championship? I think it's time to go to break. Yeah, Tom Brady <laughs> missed four games and won the Super Bowl. I think it's time to go to break. That's what I think. <laughs> Home team in Hamilton, exclusively on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's Sports and Talk. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. I received a call. I did not expect to hear the worst because she was very good at her job. Cheryl worked with her daughter Kristen who was killed in a highway work zone. My first day back and this older gentleman and he actually bumped into me and had to explain my daughter just died last week. When you approach a work zone, think of these real people. They're America's transportation workers, the beating heart of mobility. A reminder from the American Traffic Safety Services Foundation. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen. 
a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash otcpaininfo. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John, you know what the guy just said. I'm not repeating that all over again. Uh, Normally, this is where we would play the music for the go-home show, but we haven't done this in a while, and I guess we'll reset the stats, and I think... I think I was winning. I think I came out with a commanding lead before, so we'll reset, start all over again as we get ready for WWE Extreme Rules 2020, the house of scary horrors. And, well, yes, yeah, Chris, you have your... I thought we were doing Impact Slammiversary on Saturday. I thought that's what we were making the picks for. I couldn't tell you one match that would be on that <laughs> pay-per-view. I, and I, I'm not trying to take uh, honestly, a shot, I'm but the- I have no clue what. I guess Moose would be in a match, right? He is. Oh, uh, uh, he is, uh, actually. Uh, who's the Impact Women's Wrestling, the women's champion? Uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Grace. Grace. She's in a match, right? Yes. That's all I got. Okay. All right. I, Extreme I rules it else. is, then. I got nothing else. <laughs> I, I, like, is Rhino in a match? Yeah, uh, no, he isn't right now. Uh not Sandman. Who? Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer's actually facing Moose for the t- the revived TNA World Title. That's why we're going to stop talking about this right now. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry. I, sorry for you folks that I even entertained that portion of it. All right. So we got um, Ken Shamrock wrestles for them. Yes, he's back. Yes, he I does. forgot about that. Oh, good yep. WWE Extreme Rules 2020. We're going to go down and let's make our predictions. Adam. Apollo Crews versus MVP WWE United States Championship match. Who you got? Well, I'm still looking at this slam anniversary card. I don't even. <laughs> I've uh, got him intrigued. Okay. He uh, wants to see me... Ken Shamrock. Watch. <laughs> I do. Just because I know. See? What did I tell you? <laughs> I do want to see him. Um, which match did you ask me about? Oh, Apollo Crews. <laughs> Apollo Crews. I think he retains. Although I wouldn't mind seeing um, MVP get a run. I, I, I yeah, but, yeah, Apollo Crews. Colwell. Crews is retaining. I go with that, Apollo Crews. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. But we haven't talked about this. I like that oh, new belt. Oh I know boy. you spoke out yeah, against you, it. Hey, you know, in the, in but this I left, think that belt is good. On this TV good. on my left, there's a clock there. You see what time we're coming up against? Uh, 7, uh, 37, <laughs> 38, 39. But, no, I like that belt. I do, too. I agree well, with he, you. He didn't like it. He poo-pooed all over it immediately. It might win me over over time, but so but did far, you, I didn't like it. I like, But then on Reddit, somebody posted, like, they just redid a couple little things on this belt, and it looks a lot better. So there was room for improvement. But well, there's always room for improvement. Like, like this show, the, there's like a heck of a lot more room for improvement on this show. Well, Jeff Hardy versus Chris? 
Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in the bar fight. Chris, who do you have? Uh, Jeff Hardy's winning. Adam. Yeah, you would think Jeff is, but I'm going to go with um, Sheamus just because I do want to see him get a little bit of a push. He just returned. But it's a setting where they need to let Jeff win almost. Okay, this is the one where we'll be split, and I'm going with Sheamus on this one. Uh, in the most absurd match that I think they could have come up with, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, eye for an eye match. Adam, who do you have? I really have no clue because I don't know how they're going to pull this off or how they're going to do it. I mean, obviously it's set up for Ray's return to beat Seth, uh, but are they going to have him go around with a pirate patch on? I, or is this because he's not under contract? Maybe this retires Ray? I, I, I don't know. Um, do you want to do like, a, what is it, in poker? You just go for a push? Yeah. I just go do a push on this I'll one? go with uh, Ray Mysterio winning. Chris? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Ray winning, too. I just uh, I guess we're going to have to figure out a way to do like a horror movie type thing where they put like a fake eye and they're going to do the cinematic thing. But uh, yeah, I think right now I wouldn't let my kid watch this match if they're really going to be gouging someone's eye out. Fair point. I'm going with you guys as well. Uh, Bailey versus Nikki Cross for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Chris, who do you have? Bailey's winning. Bailey. Bailey. Asuka versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. I wouldn't mind seeing Sasha win, but I think Asuka retains. Chris. Sasha wins. I'm going Asuka on this one. So we have two that were separated on. Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship. Who do you got, Chris? Drew. Adam. I think Drew, too. But if he does lose, I'm going to blame it on the fact we didn't know this stipulation and it won't count against me. Make up rules. That's actually a good point on his part. I have to give him that. I think that should be in play for all of us here. You should never agree with him. You've learned that by now. (laughs) And last but not least, and I think we've already made our decision on this one, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in the Wyatt Swamp fight. It's a non-title match. Who you got? Either one of you say something. I'm tired. Wyatt. The non-title makes you think Wyatt, but I think they keep Braun. I have to go with Braun as well, so we're separated on three. Well, we're going to end this one as I'm going to say it. In the voice of brother love, thank you guys for listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. On behalf of my tag team partners, Chris Colwell, Adam Gillespie, I'm Big John Radcliffe. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. We'll hopefully still be here if our bosses doesn't cancel this show. <laughs>